freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 221 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is Second Amendment Sanctuary Movement, and our guest is Drake Mitchell. Drake is a member of az2a.org, which is the Arizona Second Amendment Sanctuary City, County, and Reservation Movement. Can we add my area to my house <laughs> and the stores to that? Absolutely. Drake is also the current chairman of the Arizona Citizens Defense League, PAC, Correct. with his primary goal as unelecting anti-gun, anti-right politicians whenever possible, because he says we cannot continue to support the same folks who have proven that they will vote against the Bill of Rights and expect any kind of different results. Welcome to the show, Drake. Thank you both for having me on. It's always a pleasure to see you and Dan. Um, what you do for the pro-rights, pro-gun community uh, cannot be overstated. You folks are the whole reason we're able to do what we do and uh, get the message out. So thank you again for, for everyone that you have on every one of your casts. Well, thank you. I appreciate that so much. It's truly an honor for us to be able to, uh, you know, reach out to people and not just have these amazing conversations like we're about to have with you, but to expand them to not even just our city, not even just our state, not even just our nation, but we have listeners all over the world. And these ideas inspire people. And I, I can't help but believe they, that, that they're not changing lives. Yeah, I Drake, they are changing lives. Yes, Drake, thank you very much. And you know, we learn every day too. And today I learned a new word. And I really appreciate it because I never thought of this word before. Hmm. Unelecting. <laughs> you know, we think about electing people all the time, but we, the unelecting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. There, there are times when we don't have an option. There's one person running for a, a position in a primary, and that's what you get, right? You, if you, you choose a red or a blue, maybe an independent if you're, you're lucky and have a op third option. But rarely can we get these embedded people that continue to get reelected, mostly because there's nobody running against them in a primary. So I want to talk when later at your convenience when you decide about the different uh, legislative districts and the places where we have choices that are good choices um, and see if we can't make some changes. Well, I think we're probably set up as well as we are going to be, uh, well as we have had the opportunity to be 
for a lot of years. And that is because over this COVID-19 season that we're still sitting in, we're in the studio on Monday, June 29th of 2020. So we're going through another spike here of this COVID stuff in Arizona. We've had unrest in the cities with um, demonstrations that turned into protests, or protests that turned into demonstrations that turned into rioting. And you know, this whole defund the police thing that's going on around the nation. And millions of Americans have woken up to the idea that the Bill of Rights and the Second Amendment in the Bill of Rights actually does pertain to their individual lives. They've gone out, they've purchased guns, they've started to, to realize that laws that they were previously in favor of, oh, now that affects me. <laughs> Maybe I... Maybe I don't like that law so much anymore. Oh, that politician that's been feeding me lies? Oh, maybe I don't like that politician so much anymore. So I feel like we are, we're set up in such a, a unique way to make some real positive changes, to move that line back to where our founders placed it when they fought, bled, starved, and died for the privileged even author. Hey, we're twins. We both have the Constitution, the same one. I don't, I don't ever have a conversation like we're going to have without this, mm -hmm. because when we start talking about red flag laws, for example, and we can kind of just flip through the Bill of Rights mm -hmm. and see how many different ways and places mm -hmm. they vi are attempting to subvert the rule of law, mm -hmm. deny your, our basic rights, mm -hmm. um, including the Miranda rights, and procedures and policies that are already in place and by these crazy laws they're just it's criminal personally it's yeah and I, half of the politicians out there don't even know what's in the constitution that's the scary thing just like that governor in new jersey was it new jersey mm -hmm. he said Bill that Murphy. that's above my pay grade the constitution is above his pay grade he then he should have that in public <laughs> well yeah they sh he should they should have given took his keys away that day well, how, and how you can swear an oath to protect and defend something that you don't even won't exactly. read. Um, Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, and then I have to laugh because, you know, when I said there, there are people that are watching on, on YouTube and then there's people that are only listening to the audio of this. And so I have to say when I, that we were both holding up the exact same, uh, uh, kind of constitution they have the same cover um, printed by the same company but when i said that we, we both have the same constitution i thought you know what that that is a statement all by itself there yes. isn't a left constitution and a right constitution a democratic and a republican constitution it we all have the same one so i just <laughs> just that's kind of struck yeah. me as funny so if, and if our legislators would just slow down Mm. and look at every bill in the framework of does it support and strengthen the Constitution or does it work against the Constitution? So I, to me, if they, if they did that, most of this other stuff would not happen. So, so true. Well, there's some that are clearly against the Constitution and finding ways to chip away from it, just like they do with the gun laws. I mean, the people that say, we just want to take your AR-15s away, that's just the first step. They want to take everything away, mm -hmm. including cap guns. Right. Yeah, so they start out. Yeah. So the T-shirt the you're wearing, actually, we can see the tiny bit of it there. That's your logo. 
I love it. And that is for okay. the Second Amendment Sanctuary City, County, and Reservation Movement. And I want to dig into that because, you know, it, it, it has that similar sound to a different movement that it has to do with the immigration issue. So, mm-hmm. you know, it can be confusing to people when you just say, well, Arizona is, is you know, a, a sanctuary state for the Second Amendment, but then people are a little lost because some people don't even know that the Bill of Rights exists right? They don't even know that there are amendments and that the second one is uh, our legal definition of our God-given rights to keep and bear arms. So dive into your movement and, and where that comes from and how is it different from the, the immigration issue? Well, the immigration issue is basically pushing illegal immigration and is actually a violation of law because they're supporting and helping people break the law. Whereas what we're doing is supporting the Constitution and trying to show support at the city, county, and reservation level for the Second Amendment and the rule of law that codifies our right to bear arms. So it's just inherently different. We we did actually uh, follow other states that had previously used the sanctuary name, and they did it with intent intent to take back the verbiage, intent to take back the language. So for us, it's, <laughs> it was, it's rather fun to get the left kind of cranked up by taking their words back from them. <laughs> it's true. That is so true. Um, and so, you know, something that is so clearly delineated in our Bill of Rights to the degree that it is the only place in our constitution or our bill of rights the only place in our founding documents uh the only place in any of the amendments that it has the the kind of uh gun rights for dummies clause at the end that says shall not be infringed like i can see our founding fathers going all right what do we have to say to help people go all right there's no asterisks there there's no no Right. Unless this happens, then we can infringe. Unless your neighbors are nervous that you own guns, then we can infringe. So when it's so clearly delineated in our Bill of Rights, why would we need a sanctuary space carved out in our state? Why would we need it? Well, because they continue to try to violate it. And so it's basically saying from the city, county and reservation levels, we're not going to comply. You can pass any laws or ordinances you wish. We don't deem them constitution and we are not going to support them. And they do that in three different ways. One, the lowest level would be a proclamation, which is basically saying, yay to a, we we believe in the constitution. Um, It doesn't have any real force of law. There's no penalty for breaking it or there's no not even a we're not going to do certain actions to support it so after that um proclamation comes a resolution in the as far as strength of what they can say and do and it's basically resolving in most cases to not fund not to aid not to allow any county employee for example to Uh, spend any of their time, which is the county's time and the county's money, 
to research or support anybody coming from outside of the city, county, or reservation to try to enforce unconstitutional, by state and federal constitutions, by the way, Article 2, Section 26, bearing arms in the Arizona Constitution is even clearer than the original Constitution. And, uh, you know, shall not be impaired. So it's, it's even trying to be clearer. Um, and then comes an ordinance. Now, ordinance is actually our, our goal. Because we would like, if it is a criminal crime to violate uh, somebody's civil rights, shouldn't it be a criminal offense to violate our constitutional rights? Yes. I mean, and if you violate, be it the Voting Act, be it because of somebody's race, color, sex, creed, sexual orientation, mm -hmm. it's a crime. Mm -hmm. Why shouldn't it be the same thing to violate our state and federal constitution? So ordinance is actually kind of the pinnacle of what we would like to see. Um, we have examples. I, I sent you some copies of them. They are also on our website, uh, the AZ2A dot org you know movement.org site and on our facebook page um which is the uh az 2a movement on facebook so we try to put information out there because knowledge is power mm -hmm. and although we set up our group about the same time several other counties had on their own organically grown groups like ours Mm -hmm. uh, we, uh, the group that I was a part of in Yavapai County and Pushing in Coconino uh, weren't even the first. It was Mojave, and then the Mojave folks helped their friends in La Paz County. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's one of those kind of things that everybody was looking at what was happening and how our state legislature every year for the last four years, uh, since Governor Ducey got in office and ran Arizona's first red flag law, has had red flag laws and multiple laws that would have banned even an 1870s Winchester because it could hold more than five rounds in a magazine. So it's just that they put forward lists and I would really recommend that everyone go to the Arizona Citizens Defense League website, azcdl.org, and look at the bill tracker page. The legislation tab bill tracker page it'll show you examples after example after example sometimes 20 30 40 anti-gun anti-rights pieces of legislation in a session and you'll also be very clear to see how much worse we've done under the reign of governor Ducey uh, as far as pro-gun pro-rights things he's not a friend of the second amendment he might hand out buttons on election time, but his actions speak louder than his words. He actively gets the leadership in the Senate and the House to not put forward pro-gun bills and to, and to kill them um, in the House and the Senate just by not giving them a third read. A lot of people don't understand all the little steps that a bill has to do. It's not like the cartoon we used to see on, you know, in. I'm, I'm just a bill. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Um, so it's much more it's much more complicated, and there are a lot of ways that these Machiavellian people can torpedo stuff, stab us in the back, 
go against what the uh, citizens want. Uh, and we, I'll go to SB 1519, because that was Doug Ducey's first chance and try at a red flag law. He has since called red flag laws uh, the crown jewel of his uh, gun control uh, program. And it was run by Senator Steve Smith at the time. And here's the thing. Every, every Republican senator, because it's what the government wanted, voted for it. Now, the Democrats voted against it, which really floored us. But they voted against it because they were trying to add even more anti-gun, anti-rights things to it. So it wasn't because they wasn't, you know, one of their bills, and they've actually run more red flag bills since then. But it was the first one, and it actually came from Republicans. So we have to understand that. And so we have some options this time to replace some of those senators that voted for it. Um, some of them are now out of a Senate seat, but running for a House seat because they get termed out and uh, or take some time out of the legislature. We're just trying to make sure that they get a lot of time out of the legislature. Could That's our imagine, goal. Give them, imagine, give them a time out. Right. <laughs> could you imagine if there was, if we could have a, a law that says if you do anything to uh, upset the Constitution, that you're going to be held accountable for it immediately? And, I mean, yeah. wouldn't that be... And, uh, or something? else. They'd have to think before they made a law, wouldn't they? Well, oh my gosh! Think. Right, so, because they they do it with impunity. Right now, it's just right. you know a bunch of words on the paper, and it either goes through or it doesn't go through. But once those words are on the paper, like federally, we've got the the HR five seven one seven that mm. is an abomination of um, individual uh, firearms listed by make and model and manufacturer of the guns that that the other side, the other side, and again, some of them wear R's on their chest, Republican, some wear D's on their chest, Democrat, but the other side that hates our rights and hates those of us that, that, that understand our rights and use our rights, um, they write this stuff down. And sometimes, uh, you know, I have a, a good friend who is, uh, she's involved in a, a group called the Liberal Gun Club. And mm -hmm. that sounds like a contradiction in terms to a lot of people, right? Well, how, if you're a liberal, how are you, how are you pro-gun? Well, there are a lot of people out there that ascribe to the Democratic Party. Maybe they're socially liberal, whatever the case may be, but they do value their Second Amendment rights. And she is one of them. Well, I showed, a, I showed her a, 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 a bill uh, similar to the uh, 5717, maybe two years ago. And she just, oh, poo-poo. Oh, that'll never pass. And the fact that, that she believes that it will never pass is no reason to poo-poo anything. If, if you're going to write a, an abomination that may at some point pass because we get emotional about something, you know, because there's a, a horrible murder somewhere that we all get emotional about and think, We've got to do something, right, in air quotes. Now this thing's laying there just waiting for somebody to blow the dust off of it and let it sail on through with all kinds of feel-good uh, <laughs> senators and congresspeople giving it their blessing. 
And I would love the idea that you say there's an or else clause on there. It's like shall not be infringed. And if you try, you're going to face some consequences. Uh, it's, it's the only way that in elections. Yes. And so um, when the opportunity comes, we try to teach people about single shotting on a ballot. If there's multiple people, uh, say running for a house seat, if you only vote for one with a proven track record, you're basically also getting a vote against the others because it's the top two vote getters um, in the House races. And in the Senate, if there is a choice that is at all reasonable, which we have several races, and we can go over those here in a minute when you want, mm -hmm. that we need to take it. We need to vote for them. And even if the person we want to vote out wins, when their margin goes from a win of 20% to a win of 2%, mm -hmm. hopefully they're going to take the message that yeah. we're trying to send. There's so, a lot of nuance and strategy involved in yes, things like that. And people, I think, sometimes get a little too black and white in their thinking. And um, the, the other side is taking advantage of that because their base understands the nuance. Uh, so go figure. Well, and one of the nuances they're also using a lot in legislation is they have a really kind of vague shell of a bill, and uh, then they make it so that, oh, all the details will be worked out administratively by the agencies that are going to be enforcing it. Well, you know what that gets you? Just like with the ATF, um, they were trying to put M193, which is a copper jacketed lead bullet, but for a 223-556, and put that in the same category as an armor piercing with tungsten penetrator 855 bullet, and ban them. And it's like, so any full metal jacket, 223 or 556 would be illegal? Mm -hmm. That's just nuts. Mm -hmm. So I mean, so th this whole just give power to unelected administrators thing, um, in my mind, is one of the reasons we have a problem in uh, just about every legislative, I mean, every regulatory body, be it EPA, ATF, you know, name one, name an acronym. Hey, so. Absolutely. Amen to that. Um, before we move on to dig deeper into the AZCDL pack, which is, you know, the, the, all that strategy and nuance about uh, unelecting and electing people, before we dive into that, how is law enforcement and specifically sheriffs across our our state how are they reacting to the sanctuary second amendment sanctuary city movement city county and reservation and the reason i specify sheriffs is because sheriffs are elected mm -hmm. and mostly they understand that we are their bosses right we are the people that hired them with our votes um, but we have sheriffs who all have, you know, conservative leanings and we have sheriffs that have liberal leanings. Exactly. And, you know, <laughs> it, it depends on where you are in the state a lot of times as to how somebody enacts their, their office. Um, so what has been your experience with this? Overall, it's been extremely good. Mm -hmm. the, um, but because they actually answer to the county mm -hmm. commissioners, right? Mm -hmm. If we changed the sheriff's funding so that it was more like schools, mm -hmm. an automatic percentage goes out and goes to them where they weren't necessarily having to toe a line or 
be careful in what they say or, you know, hide it. I'm for you, but I can't speak out publicly. So I can't come to your thing and educate people about it. Mm-hmm. We would have, I think, especially in Arizona, a little more vocal support. Um, most of them have come out, but only after they knew which way the wind was blowing and they were having the in the board of supervisors meetings. So it's, uh, it's been, it's been really good, especially Gila County, which we're still working on, um, that their sheriff has been really good. And by the way, he got COVID and we're wishing him the best. Mm. So he gets better. Um, we've had some other counties, boy, Mojave County was awesome. Yavapai County stepped up and talked well for us. So it's, it's great. And they also understand why we're doing it. And I think I haven't met a sheriff yet who would talk to us that was negative. Mm-hmm. Now there are some that won't meet with us because it's strictly political as far as they're concerned, but the rank and file, the officers, Oh, they are so for this. <clears throat> That's awesome. Not, not only do they believe in the constitution and the second amendment as written in both the, the federal and the state constitution, but they sure as heck don't want to be the ones that are told to go try to take people's guns. Mm. And they're like, uh, that sounds like a quick way to die. We should, mm-hmm. we should probably not do this. Well, it shouldn't and, matter whether a sheriff's liberal, Democrat, whatever. The Constitution is the Constitution. And they swear to it when they are put in office. If they follow that rule, then half the laws that are on the books would have to be denied. Right? Well, they can't enforce them. They, they wouldn't enforce them. Exactly. But, and that's, that's actually been where in some states... They've actually had the sheriff say, we're not going to enforce this. So you can write whatever you want. You can pass whatever you want, but we're not going to enforce it. So only, only when they step up when pushed, do, are we really going to see their colors? And so hopefully, hopefully they continue to do that. Um, sheriff Mack has been working hard in the uh, Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officer Association to educate both new and current uh, officers from the city, county, and, and sheriff's level. So uh, we really want him to continue what he does because, boy, does he bring something to the table. So he was one of the first sheriffs to sue the federal government for what he considered an unconstitutional law that they were trying to, A, get him to enforce, and B, enforce in his county, and he said no. And that them. was against Clinton too, right? Yeah, yeah. And he so, lived. And and Sheriff Mack, re- look him up on uh, Amazon. He's got a couple of books, which I do recommend. They're good reading. You might be able to find them in the library. Talk about a David and Goliath story. That's one. Try to fight the federal law enforcement government. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's uh, just a testament though to what one man with a moral compass can do. Yeah. So that's, that's what we really want to encourage people to do. I'm not sure we have that in Maricopa County. Uh, the Maricopa County Sheriff um, is kind of like the Phoenix PD Chief of Police. Um, they're party driven. Mm. And if, if they want to be kinder and gentler on some things and, but I still, we still feel they should be enforcing the law. Mm-hmm. Um, when they start, when law enforcement leadership starts picking and choosing what laws to enforce and when, 
it's no longer equal and fair justice under the law. Mm-hmm. So it might as well be, we're going to enforce it against blacks, but not whites. You know, it's mm-hmm. the same mentality in my mind and many of the people that I work with. So we just want it to be equal justice under the law, equal application of the law. Um, in the Arizona Citizens Defense League, uh, we've actually had conversations. It's not our main thrust, but as the Defense League got bigger, we've kind of broadened the footprint. But when one of the things I'm doing on my own is talking with groups about justice and sentencing, um, because you can find statistical proof that Native Americans, Hispanics, Blacks, overall tend to get between a 5 and 20% greater sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, I also would like to get some uniformity in how people get their rights restored. Mm-hmm. Right now, because there's three, four, five levels of courts and 15 counties, you could have dozens of different ways costs, time frames to do it. Some you, can't, you just can't do without an attorney. Um, and, and that's, again, not equal and fair justice. We're all Arizonans. Mm-hmm. We're all Americans. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, would go a long way to becoming more colorblind in our legal system. Mm-hmm. So if until they do that and, and actually take those things seriously, and that's one of the things I really love about the Arizona Citizens Defense League, um, they actively try to do things that help everyone and are totally colorblind. Absolutely. And so when, when they approach a Democrat in the legislature and they automatically, because we are a pro-gun person, even though that's rights for all, they, they won't work with us on issues. And there's a lot of issues. We could get a lot of good things done mm-hmm. if they just would talk to us. Mm -hmm. So um, I personally, um, as of the end of the primary season, will be stepping down from the PAC. It was uh, an agreement I came to with the board in January. And that basically happened because of some of the legislators. Um, As the head of the PAC, Political Action Committee, I was trying to determine, kind of like Santa, who's been naughty, who's been nice, so I know who to support. And I asked the legislators, House and Senate, for a no red flag law pledge. Some groups asked them to fill out 20 question questionnaires or make a bazillion different oaths and promises. And I asked for one thing. Mm -hmm. And they always have three options. They can run, they can hide, or they can fight. Mm -hmm. And people like Sylvia Allen chose to fight. They sicked the House and Senate leadership and the governor's office on the legislative arm, okay, we have a division of labor, I am a PAC, and we cannot directly work with the Arizona Citizens Defense League.org, they're legislative, right? They threaten to uh, not hear any of our bills, they threaten to, uh, you know, they just basically beat up on Dave Kopp, the president and chief lobbyist, uh, for me asking for one thing, a no red flag law pledge. So um, that just tells you that uh, they don't want their constituents to know about it. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. They um, have even tried to rewrite history. And some of them, like Senator Allen, Senator Burgess, who's now running for a House seat in LD1, 
uh, oh, well, yeah, we voted for it, but we, we, we didn't think it was going to pass in the House. Okay, well, you worked on it for 12 or 14 weeks. You saw five versions pass through, you know, the workings, and you actually took the time and energy to, to get through committee and vote and discuss the bill and voted for it. So your path was clear. Your intent was to pass the bill. Um, and I call it malice of intent because SB 1519 had some very good things. It was a school safety bill mm -hmm. with a red flag law kind of hidden in there. Mm -hmm. They got money for cops in schools. They got money for more counselors inside and outside the schools. So they would have augmentees. If a counselor had more than two kids with issues at a time, they could raise a hand and immediately get support from an outside agency with trained people. Mm -hmm. And then they had where there's gonna be more money for the teachers to train, to learn more about the warning signs mm -hmm. so that they could hopefully head off and help kids with anger management issues or whatever their problem is to stop uh, the violence on campuses and the, and the gun, the school shootings. When the red flag law got noticed mm -hmm. and 35,000 plus negative emails came in, all of a sudden they let the thing die when it, the house wouldn't support it with the red flag law part of that bill in it. And the governor and Senator Smith, rather than agree to take that whole section out, you know, tear it out, ramp, you know, root and branch, they left it in and would allow the whole thing to die. So we could have more cops in our schools, more counselors inside and out of the school, more money for teacher training, and instead they let it die. So what was their real goal, Cheryl? Oh, absolutely. It's like, here, I've made you this beautiful and nutritious uh, meal, right? But okay, I sprinkled some poison on top, but you know, it, oh, you don't want to eat this? What's wrong with you? You don't want to, you know, eat healthy. No, I don't want the poison. So well, how about also, we make the meal without the poison? Uh, <clears throat> but they do that all the time. And so the headlines read that, mm -hmm. you know, this politician or that politician uh, isn't for saving the lives of our students in school, you know, and it's, it is such a disingenuous. Well, they also didn't, clearly didn't want to say we're against the red flag law. If they would have took that out, then they had to admit yeah. we're against the red flag law. Yeah. So that's why they dropped the whole bill. Oh, yep. and, and then this was just super rich uh, to me that back in February of this year, 2020, uh, we put together a, a Second Amendment rally, uh, you know, celebrate your Second Amendment rights. It also falls over the, the birthday of, of Arizona. And just before that, um, I think it was just before that, yeah, uh, Ducey was quoted as saying, as long as I am governor, we will never have a red flag law in the state of Arizona. And people went, oh my gosh, he woke up. This is amazing. No, he didn't because his version, he doesn't refer to it as a red flag gun law. He refers to it as a stop law. Exactly. Change and the name and, and extreme risk order protection and like five or six other names that you can find on Wikipedia under uh, uh, stop laws. It, it's just games. It's yeah, games. It's a shell game for them. 
it's the infringe thing should be enough to say, wait, we can't do that. What if we go after the actual people that we're trying to protect society from right. instead of the screwdriver, the knives, the guns, the cars, exactly. everything else, go exactly. after the person itself. If well, they're a threat. Exactly, Dan. And here's, here's again, where I say they're being intellectually dishonest. We have title 13 in the Arizona revised statutes, which is criminal. Mm-hmm. Title 36 is mental health. So they're trying, they want these stop orders, red flag laws, extreme risk orders of protection to go around both of those legal documents that we've had for, oh, 240 something years in America by saying, okay, uh, we're, we're going to send cops to arrest you for being a threat to yourself or someone else or attempting to hurt yourself or someone else, both of which are crimes, right? All the above but we're going to call it a civil action. So we're going to send cops to snatch you off your street, off the street or out of your house, take all your guns. If you're in custody, why do they need your guns? Put you in a mental health hold. Okay. So you're not Mirandized. You don't get an attorney. You don't get to have an, you, you have an ex parte hearing, meaning you're not there where the judge gives the approval and a warrant to the cops to go pick you up. So you're guilty. Okay? At first. <clears throat> Guilty until proven innocent. Right. Um, different versions of the stop order have had anonymous tip lines. Can anybody see a problem with that? Gee whiz. Um, <laughs> I got some neighbors uh, that would love to probably call me in. Whenever exactly. I think of those, I think of the Bewitch show with Mrs. Kravitz, you know, constantly peering out the window and, you know, reporting back. Abna, you'll never believe what's going on next door, you know? And then you empower people with an official, you know, red oh. phone to call and, and yeah. report on their neighbors' activities. It's, it's cringy. It, it's really it's cringeworthy. It's cringeworthy. Yeah. Drake, it's, it's useless anyway. I mean, think about it. Drake, if they came to your house and took all your guns, would they get them all? I don't know. Okay, Dan. don't have to answer that. <laughs> I don't, have to, I'm I, just saying I don't it's, think Drake even has any guns. No, he does. But it's useless. <laughs> it's useless because, I mean, you know, they take my guns. I mean, okay, that's them. That's not those. Yeah. You know, it's just, they're, they're not going to be, that is a non-effective way. Besides that, if you don't have a gun and you're crazy and you, you're going to cause harm with it, you're going to use something else. You're going to use a, a knife, my right. truck, something. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, and here's the part that bothers me the most. It's already in law. Why, do they, why are they trying to go around mm-hmm. legislation and the Arizona revised statutes? Mm-hmm. There's one reason, guys, burden of proof. Hmm. If they don't have a burden of proof, they can't use Title 36 mental health. If mm. they don't have the burden of proof, they can't use Title 13. They're trying to get this new way that basically allows them to become Soviet Russia where you're guilty until proven innocent and you go to the hospital mm-hmm. um, for a 72 hour hold. Mm-hmm. We, we looked into it. And from what I could find out in the States that have these red flag laws, that 72 hour hold is actually between five and seven days. After you get through the 72 hour hold, you have to have a court hearing to get released. And because of the lag time between your 72 hours and them getting you in front of a judge, that's where those extra time up to more than double your original 72 hours comes in. So 
I think it's very, very, very problematic. And mm -hmm. then we had, um, the, during the Senate hearing, and this is one of the things that's kind of neat in Arizona, you can find a copy of the SB 1519 Senate hearing at, at the state capitol website, right? The, the legislative website. And so if you go to uh, the one hour and 22 minute mark, or 122 minutes, I forget which, uh, you'll see a gentleman named Chick Arnold, very articulate man. Um, he's the attorney for the mental health folks and a mental health expert, right? Well, Mr. Arnold clearly states that 100% of the time, even after your 72 hour hold, if they cannot find any diagnosable mental condition, so they basically can't say you're a danger to yourself or others and got X, Y, or Z wrong with you, right? They are still gonna recommend you get the full 21 day mental health hold. 100%, the error on the side of caution is the term he used. Yes. So explain well, to me how, and I, I go back to my constitution and that falls under cruel and unusual punishment hmm. and is a violation of another right. Cause I think if you stick somebody in a mental health institution who has done nothing wrong, otherwise hmm. you'd be charging him, correct? Hmm. You violated all of his due process hmm. rights. You haven't Mirandized him, which means anything he says while in the mental health facility can be used against them mm -hmm. who who's paying the mental health people the state mm -hmm. who put you there the state they get access to all your records right. everything you say will be used against you at a later date if they so choose For so sure. isn't that a violation again of our rights so um i i really i really want people to learn about these things they sound good oh well it's going to save save lives or it's gonna if it saves just one life how many times have we heard that mm. um but this kind of thing is the same thing that hitler used to disarm people mm -hmm. I, I, and there's no secondary checks and balances to this and guess what you're gonna pay your own attorney mm -hmm. again it's not a crime you haven't been mirandized you don't get an appointed legal defense right. which or the mental health people to testify in your defense that you're right. not crazy and right. that you should be released. So there's just too many holes. Use, just like most of the other gun problems, if they use the laws that are already on the books, mm -hmm. simply enforce them equally and fairly. Mm -hmm. Make the system work for us. Mm -hmm. That's all any of us want is for the system that we already have to work. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if legislatures had to tell the truth? The name of that bill would be called the Guilty Until Proven Innocent Act. Yeah. That's what it yeah. would be called. Yeah. But they wrap it in these feel-good things, you know, like the, the one I mentioned earlier, but, the, the but, House bill at the federal level, 5717. It's called like the, the Gun Safety and Community Kumbaya Movement or something. I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. It, it's crazy. So um, we need to dive in before we run out of all of our time and talk more about the AZCDL PAC, the political action movement. And you've talked about it a little bit, but I want to know, is it a specifically partisan group? Are you really only- Oh no, it's not about, it, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. 
and so uh, do you support certain pro-rights candidates or do you sort of expose candidates that you believe that are, are not living up to their constitutional oath? How, how does this whole thing work? Okay. So first order of business is always to find out who has supported run written a, a gun law supported mm -hmm. by being an original sponsor. So we bring them what we call model legislation outlines from the Arizona Citizens Defense League or the NRA. And then they, they take that on as their own, push it forward, have the legal people go over it, write it into what becomes law, and then champion that bill. And then you have people that maybe sort of sometimes vote for gun rights bills or civil, <laughs> you know, I call them civil rights bills yeah, or vote against our rights. Mm -hmm. So um, we then try to support the candidates that we can. Some of them have too much of disparity in funding. The other person's got 10 or 20 times the money. They're also an incumbent. So they have, you know, name recognition. They collected five times those 10 times the signatures getting on the ballot. They're holding more events. So there are some people that, although we'd love to have a change, they're just not viable candidates for us to support monetarily. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean we won't give them, you know, a wink and a nod and a, and a written recommendation um, endorsement to put on their website and to try to get Arizona Citizens Defense League folks to look at them. Mm -hmm. And that's where we've probably had our best effect. There are some candidates that we help with money. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we not a big pack. We don't have a lot of money. Um, so most of what we do is through uh, getting our members excited and activated and out looking at new candidates so that they know that they have choices. Mm -hmm. you know, that's one of the most disheartening things as a voter is to not have a choice. Yeah. So we really want them to feel that they have a choice and that these, these people have at least passed the first, first view um, in who they are and what they say. Absolutely. So go ahead. Do you have um, some names of people? Are you, you want to name names of who you would uh, encourage people to uh, vote for in the 2020 election? Well, in Legislative District 6, we have a incumbent, Senator Sylvia Allen versus uh, Colonel Wendy Rogers. She's won several primaries, but hasn't won office before. Um, and here is a night and day story. We have somebody that used to be a good candidate, and that would be Sylvia Allen. In the past, before 2018, she did some good things. And she voted for us more often than not, but she'd never written a bill that was pro-gun, pro-rights. She's never been a direct sponsor of any bill that I was able to find or that she was able to tell us about. So when she voted for SB 1519 and then would not apologize and make a red flag law pledge, no red flag law pledge, she became on the other side of the piece of paper, right? She came into the bad column. Mm -hmm. um, then we have Colonel Wendy Rogers, who years ago, years ago, um, gave the Arizona Citizens Defense League a no red flag law pledge. Now, she was running for federal office, so we couldn't support her. We're a mm -hmm. statewide only PAC. But she put her ink first years ago. 
She's continued that stance. It's on her website. And she is probably our, our best hope in LD6 to actually get a constitutional person. Mm -hmm. um, and then let me slip down here. I, I brought up the website so I can track this. Everybody can see this on the Arizona Secretary of State um, elections info page. Um, in District 14, we definitely want to support David Gowan. He's awesome for years. He was actually one of the first senators to come to me with a no red flag law pledge at our annual dinner. Mm. It was early even. He was back in, in uh, October. Um, in, in District 16, um, we need a change. Heather Carter is the incumbent senator. Uh, she's not really friendly to guns, not really friendly to pro-rights, pro-guns legislation. Um, she more often than not votes with the other side of the aisle. Um, from the legislative perspective, we really would like Nancy Bartow, who has previous legislative experience, has already pr always proven herself to be pro-gun, pro-rights in thought, word, and deed. So if somebody who happens to be in Legislative District 15 could look into Nancy Bartow again, um, they probably may have already voted for her for a House seat along the way. Um, she would probably be a better choice if you're a gun owner. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I will admit here publicly, I am kind of a, well, I'll call it two issue person, constitution first, second amendment always. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't look at all the other things. So mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Kelly Townsend, great rep. Uh, J.D. Mesnard has been always been helpful, House and Senate. Um, then in, uh, there's a, Boy, Mr. Angry. Where's Mr. Angry? This guy is a character. He's really smart. And uh, I'm trying to find him. Just a moment, please. Um, he is running unopposed in the primary, but I think would be a real help. Um, oh, gosh. Set District 22. Now in District 22, um, we have David Livingston, who is the incumbent, who has always been a, a good, if not great supporter. He's also run several uh, pro-gun bills. So he does have a track record, I think, of, of being more consistent uh, in the past. Some people have a problem with him because of other legislation. And if they do, we have some great option in Hop Nigan. He is a, uh, a Vietnamese extraction. He and his brother came here in, when they were in their late teens from Vietnam. Wow. So they love our veterans mm -hmm. and um, they really have uh, his brother actually, he's in district 22, but his brother is in LD1. Mm. So, um, and Quan is his name and Quan is running for a house seat in LD1. And anybody who can choose one person in LD1 to vote for, it would be uh, Quan. So he is a State Rifle and Pistol Association board member. He's mm -hmm. done their shooting teams for years. Mm -hmm. His daughter is actually in the Naval Academy and the captain of their shooting squad. Yeah. So um, he has really embraced being an American. Um, then we have LD23. Uh, Senator uh, Eugente Reader, Rita is, is the current incumbent and pretty much anybody but her. Um, <laughs> Adam Kwansman withdrew. He was, would have been my first choice. 
Um, then there is an Alexander uh, Holoden, as I think is how you properly say his name. I don't know much about him, but Agenturita is, oh my gosh. So she runs red flag laws, level of person. Um, so if we could, uh, again, through one filter, I don't right. know all of her other things. Sure. But if we could uh, find a replacement for her, mm -hmm. it would be a good option for gun owners. So we, we really need to start wrapping up. This is amazing information. And, and I want you to be able to tell people where they can go so they can, you know, start making their lists so that they know who to really dive into and, and look at all the, the different issues. I'm a single issue voter because I think it encompasses, the Second Amendment encompasses your civil rights, your human rights, your women's rights, your every, every right, your right to life, right? To protect yes. your own life. Um, but, uh, just at the, the bigger level, right? That federal level, I know that you are a state guy, but mm -hmm. do you have any opinions about the choices that we're going to have between Mark Kelly, right? <clears throat> Who has become suddenly mute, right? Like as if he's never said a single thing about our gun rights and he is rabidly anti-gun rights. Yep. Um, uh, Martha McSally, who is, you know, currently serving, but somehow Milk always toast. feels, a, yeah, she feels a little, you know, uh, lukewarm to me always when it comes to uh, our, our Second Amendment rights. Even though she has served in our, our armed forces, I, you would think that she would be just more, you know, adamant. Um, and then we've got Daniel McCarthy who hasn't served before, as far as I know, uh, citizens stepping up in the ring, um, really talks the constitution. Um, well, he, I think that's he the only three running for that. In his area, he's well known for mm -hmm. being uh, pro-gun, pro-rights, uh, for shooting, for supporting the local uh, pro-gun, pro-rights community. So my personal opinion Mm -hmm. not as a member of any group or organization is that Daniel McCarthy would be my first choice mm -hmm. um, because I personally have reached out to Senator McSally mm -hmm. and got a, a, she's willing to discuss red flag laws and do what's needed to make people safe kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a no compromise issue as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. um, she wouldn't support the Hearing Protection Act, which was basically going to make suppressors a non-controlled item. She mm -hmm. wouldn't support a national CCW program. Um, she has put no pro-gun, pro-rights legislation forward ever that I have had anyone be able to tell me about. Mm -hmm. But here's the problem. The establishment GOP isn't grooming good people, mm -hmm. and they keep supporting these people that are entrenched and already in office, and just mm -hmm. because. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at the people on paper take their names out of it and say what they say and what they believe and what they do you would without a doubt choose daniel mccarthy across the board mm -hmm. and yet the establishment gop from kelly ward on up is is not doing that they just support the mcsally because they were tied into mccain and it's that whole mccain click thing so um we we need to break that cycle and that's one of the one of the th reasons i'm talking to people about 
these statewide races because that's where most of these people get their first blush in politics. Yes. You know, if we could get uh, Quan Nigan and LD1 and Selena Bliss, perhaps, uh, yeah. or just single shot Quan. Yeah. Um, in LD6, uh, Brenda Barton is coming back. Um, she is amazing. She's won three different awards for Warrior of the Year from the AZCDL. Um, single shot Brenda Barton. That'll also mm -hmm. send a message to the other people that are running for office that they need to be accountable. Mm -hmm. um, then uh, I like Jim Parks in uh, LD7. I don't know David Peelman. He's also running. Um, I, so, but Jim Parks was a county supervisor, and we know that he was very pro-gun and fought them, Coconino County, on some of their anti-gun stances because it's a very awesome. liberal county. Yes. So it, it's it's hard. It's very yeah, hard for them. For sure. At Coconino and Tucson. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's the thing. Hey, we've got to really wrap up. I've taken way more of your time than I planned to, but we could keep talking all day about these things because we both have such a passion for them. But just as we go out, uh, Drake Mitchell of the Second Amendment Sanctuary Movement here in Arizona, please tell folks how they can find out more about all these candidates, find out more about the Sanctuary City Movement, and just follow all the work that you're doing uh, through the AZCDL pack. Well, as far as the candidates, if they go to azcdl.org, you can find a wrap-up after every legislative session. So look into the May timeframe or June timeframe newsletter, and they will have a graph and what they voted for and what they voted against. Okay, so that is a great place to start. Um, we try not to do the NRA way of just, well, they did one good thing five years ago, so we're always gonna give them an A rating. That doesn't, that doesn't happen. I haven't done many, many ratings in the last two years, primarily because I feel they've been, it's too shallow a look. Mm -hmm. People have to understand the totality of what these people do. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but, but they do give a lot of information. Please read those newsletters. They're archived for 15 years back since the organization started. So you can learn a lot about um, the history and the problems we've had, especially in the last four or five years, mm -hmm. um, getting legislation passed. So the azcdl.org website's a great resource. Awesome. And then and your then, Second uh, Amendment uh, Sanctuary? The I Second Amendment shirt. Sanctuary, <laughs> AZ. 2a.org and the az2a movement on facebook um, we're putting up a lot of our uh, documents that we're trying to get passed so people can educate themselves on that and why um, you also will see kind of we're, we're not trying to be terribly political or or flame anybody just yet but as people I mean, we had 550 people plus show up at a yavapai county second amendment sanctuary meeting Wow. That's we fantastic. More, we had more people than the state GOP meeting. That's fantastic. So if a county board of supervisors member or an elected official in that county thinks they're going to hide on a second amendment issue, they are totally off base. I and love so it. Talking to you, gonna, Mark Kelly. Talking to we're, you. <laughs> we're going to keep them activated, if only to get them out to vote. I'm not necessarily it. telling them how to vote, yeah. but I am steering them to the records. 
That's fantastic. Drake Mitchell, we so appreciate you. Thank you for all you're doing. It's such important work. I'm proud to know you. Thanks, Drake. Thank you guys very much for your time today. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Oh my gosh. I'm, we're so far over time, but uh, that was such a good conversation. Unelect. Unelect. Mm. And you know, don't elect in the first place. That's the thinking, thing that gets me. Got me thinking about this constitution thing y'all were talking about. Yeah. That's Didn't cool. let me put a word in there. <laughs> I tried it four or five times and I go, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to fight it today. But just because I'm kicking you under the table every time I want to say anyway, something? What are you talking about? You know, at the very end of the second minute, it says, shall not be infringed. Yeah. What they needed to do way back if we'd had mc hammer can't touch this <laughs> instead of infringes you can't touch this right well, what does infringe mean that's a big word yeah mm. but can't touch us what's that mean doom, 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 doom. can't touch us <laughs> all right on that note we got to get out of here uh thank you so much to our amazing listeners thank you for bringing us into your lives whether you're listening on your your drive to work or while you're working around the house or doing laundry or whatever it is that you're out for your walk. Thank you so much for spending the time with us on either on YouTube or on our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Thank you so much to our awesome guests. Uh, And today, Drake Mitchell, man, what a go-getter. That is such a, an ambitious program that he uh, is involved in and Uh, clearly it is resonating with the citizens of the state of Arizona. So we appreciate his, his efforts with the sanctuary movement for the second amendment. Um, And until next time, pray for this nation. Holy pray for this. Holy moly. It's, it's nuts. Every time I turn on the news, I, I didn't watch it all weekend. And I little glimmers I saw this morning, this is a Monday morning made me feel like, Oh, man you know we can't call me you say oh man we yeah we can't um we can't leave the people what's going on unattended out there it's like ferrets it's nuts um so pray for this nation please pray for our leaders our elected officials our representatives whatever you want to call them they need our prayers all of them all of them dan all right I think you're right. Even the ones you don't like. Can't touch this. Especially the ones you don't like. Uh, and Dan and I. Pray for Dan and I, too. We will definitely uh, use those prayers. Um, be good to each other. Have a great week. And God bless. You going to say bye? Bye. <laughs> Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Bye.